there, everybody, and welcome back to Game of Your Life. Uh, this is Manchester's premier video game podcast. Once again, I am your host, Jordan Ducharme, and we got Tom Short for week two, month two of Pokemon March. Tom, how's your how's your Pokemon March going? Uh, yeah, it's going going very very well. Uh, by the time that this comes out, we should have done the Char Charizard episode. So I'm hoping that that's going to be pretty off the chain as i believe the <laughs> young the people say, say. I, I was gonna say so i know the first nine off the top of my head uh it's uh, the first three evolutions is number 10 ratata no I, Pidgey? When, right this is how sad of a child i was yeah uh, I, I, uh, i remember used to pride myself on knowing all 150 in order <laughs> and, and i don't anymore but i'm pretty sure the next one is Caterpie. Caterpie, right uh, and i've not just done this because we've like because we've been looking at putting out there putting out the podcast but i'm pretty sure it's caterpie metapod butterfree next and then it's followed by weedle, um, weedle kakuna beedrill and then that's followed by pidgey pidgeot uh, pidgeotto pidgeot and then i think it's ratata raticate then pikachu no I, I think next oh is it ekans next they're right around there, yeah. They are around that, that point. I love it because for me, that was like, in high school, it was like a sporkle. Uh, and it was like, name all 150 Pokemon. And I got like one like 135 or something. I was so proud. And it became like, oh, to other kids, it's like, oh, this isn't cool anymore. He's lame. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, my school might as well have just been like, okay, so we're going to have an assembly. Uh, who can name all 150 Pokemon in order? These are the people to bully. <laughs> yeah. And you liked wrestling. I mean, we had no chance. <laughs> but I mean, we're going to talk about Pokemon Snap today, which prompts me to ask, did you, do you have a photography phase? in high school or is this um no because um as we mentioned in the previous uh, episode um i was from quite a poor background right so it's not that something... is a posh sort of hobby yeah and in addition right um i've definitely not told this story on this podcast but <laughs> i uh, i went to um when i left there in 2006 it was the worst school in the north of England, <laughs> um, grades-wise, and I remember it was, um, it was, it was the first school in the UK to require an on-site police officer at all times. <laughs> uh, I remember it being on the news for that. Um, That's ridiculous. Um, when I left, they were installing knife detectors on the doors. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so yeah, it was the kind of place where they one wouldn't have kind of offered that kind of. Um, I think that they'd have been worried about everything kind of getting smashed. Yeah, yeah, um, they were spending more money on security than like photography classes. What you're saying? Yeah, but to give you an idea of how bullied I was, not only did I know all 150 Pokemon in order, right? <laughs> um, I also, right, given what I've just told you, right. Mm. So I don't know why I did this to myself. I also chose to use my school years to learn the trombone. <laughs> <laughs> so there was me, this kid in this really rough school, yeah. walking around with a big trombone case. Right, reciting <laughs> all the Pokemon facts. Yeah. Or doing the theme song <laughs> with the trombone. <laughs> hey, that's sick. I mean, you would have been a friend at my school. Cause, I, I mean, I, I've talked about it that, like, Pokemon was more accepted. I, I don't know a kid my age that wasn't, like, somewhat into Pokemon to the point where, like, even the bullies were, like, not going to bully you for it. But wrestling was sort of my cross to bear of, like, just not letting anyone know I was a fan. Yeah. And sort of, like, I remember I got this awesome Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt for Christmas one year, and I was like, well, I'll wear this at home, but I can never wear it to school. My school, um, basically, if you showed any any semblance of difference, that was that made you a, a target, right? Oh, no. So, I remember the, there was this thing of like, so when I went there, I used to have my head shaved mm -hmm. and everyone who went there, if you were um, a boy, you would <clears throat> you would be expected to have your head shaved. And there was a kid there that had their hair probably about the same length as, as me, mm -hmm. who a bunch of the school like uh, lads um, chased him down, <laughs> pinned him down to the floor and someone had brought in a... Um, a portable shaver and shaved his head bald. Holy shit! Right, yeah, on the grounds. That's intense bullying, man. Oh, it was it was a dreadful school. Yeah, I mean, God, and and it's probably like, what do you do at that point? Like, you go home and your just head is shaved. Like, yeah. Well, I remember as well, right? So, did you have ties in your school? 
ties, no, no uniforms, no nothing like that. Uh, well, in my school, we it used to be you would wear a um, a jumper and a shirt and a tie, mm-hmm. but ties got banned because uh, one kid had been chased down. Uh, a bunch of kids had took their ties off and they tied him to a tree um, and left him there. And he was found like several hours later having had shit himself. Holy shit. Because, you know. That's what you do. Yeah. That's insane, man. Yeah, we never we never really had anything like that. Like, all of our, all of our shit was like, because I went to a pretty high-end, like, like, rich high school. And I wasn't meant to go there. It was just uh, all my friends were going there. So my parents sort of transferred me. And it's almost like, it's like that same thing. It's like rich kid crimes. Where, like They were doing drugs really early and like they're getting in fights off school grounds and shit. But nothing really at the school all that traumatic. So, I mean, I hear stories like that. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Maybe it would have toughened me up a bit, though, because now I'm all soft. <laughs> yeah. I never had my head forcefully shaved at school. But, you know, uh, whilst I am very tough now, as you can probably <laughs> tell, yeah. uh, I am, uh, you know, what I'm, what I'm like... Making up for in toughness, mm-hmm. I am lacking in money that I have spent on therapy. So right, <laughs> I, I think that there is uh, definitely cons to going to such a horrific school. You win some, you lose some, right? Yes. Well, uh, hey, I, I believe we could talk all day, but I mean, if you want more preamble, listen to the previous episode. For now, we have a video game to talk about. So, Tom Short, once again, this is the game of your life. Pokemon Snap, an on-rails first-person photography game developed by HAL Laboratory and published by Nintendo for the N64 March 21st, 1999. First in Japan, a few months later in North America, and a full year after in March 2000 for Europe. It was an out-of-the-box idea from Nintendo, and they uh, promoted it heavily, where you could even go to local blockbusters and have your games printed on stickers. Uh, The game was not met with praise being uh, the game was met with praise sorry being called addictive and innovative a sequel was released for the switch 22 years later on april 30th 2021 now i gotta ask first do you remember the uh, or did that happen in the uk where you could take it to the video game store and get your pictures printed i think it did yeah. i think it did uh, we, we got... had that and i was so excited and i remember we did it and they looked such shit that we were like <laughs> oh why do we why are we so excited for this <laughs> well i came into the game uh, again, again, listen to the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I ended up coming into the Nintendo 64 like a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, again, this was whilst I was like living in this uh, in this uh, house around the corner from where I'd bought my Nintendo 64. Um, and I just remember, so I was just playing my Nintendo 64 and I remember I was like walking past like a cash converters and I just saw it in the window. And I didn't particularly know what it was. Right. I just saw I just saw the Pokemon logo, and I just bought it. And I was I was like what they said in the review. I was like pretty addicted. From yeah. That point. Well, I mean, it's just it's that easy. We talked about it before, but like just put that Pokemon label on fucking anything. I'm gonna pick it up. Like mm-hmm. it could have just been like a T-shirt or like whatever. I mean, the cards were so crazy. Um, but like the same question I had for Stadium then. So when you're when you're on the way home with this game, like what are you expecting to play? Like. You read in the box. It's like a photography mm. thing. Well, I didn't even. It didn't even have the box. It just had. It was just, just the, the cartridge. cartridge, right? So you had a picture to go off of then. Yeah, and I seemed. I feel like I picked up the fact it was a photography game, and I didn't particularly um, think to myself, um, like like the photography element was the like wasn't particularly the part I was like interested in. It was the Pokemon bit. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you know, I'm doing a podcast now about like, about like video games, and you know, I've got my own Pokemon podcast. But right, this is true. This right, <laughs> right I might tell you this, and you'll be like, "Get out now!" Yeah. I'm going to get a new guest. Right, when I was a kid, I remember one of the f- one of my main games that I used to play was uh, an encyclopedia. 
Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a nature encyclopedia. Oh, wow. Would you just read about it or would it tell it, you shit? It, like, you'd put it in. Uh, it was it cost something like DK Encyclopedia uh, Nature 2.0. Mm-hmm. And you'd put it in and it'd be like... And then this world would like go in. And then you'd just be in this kind of like academic's office. And you could just like click loads of stuff and just read about stuff. Wow. And, like watch little videos. Um, and so, I don't know. I think I, think I was... I think I've always been like quite curious about games and quite open-minded about games. Mm-hmm. So the idea of it being a photography game, like I was interested in, but it was definitely not the the main selling point for me. Yeah, definitely. And I and I feel you're right. Oh, getting a nice middle finger from Colin out the, at the window there. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I I feel the same way. To me, it, it the Pokemon thing would have like if it was a yoga game, if it was like a meditation game. Or it's like that Simpsons thing, you know, the episode where they get told to do their their yard work mm. and they don't want to do it, and then the circus comes to town and there's a virtual yard work simulator, yeah. and they're like, oh my god, just because <laughs> it's a video game? Like, I would have done anything Pokemon. So I almost, like, was put off by the photography thing. But I'm like, you know what, if it's got Pokemon in it, I'll probably, I'll probably love it. And I, I was just sort of caught off because the first time you play it, the first like levels you run through, you sort of understand what it's all about. Mm. Like it's not just straight snap and click and like mm. rate your photos. There is like a bit of gameplay to be had. Yeah. But on the flip side, if you were to just release like a wilderness game, uh, like a David Attenborough type, on the, I mean, I'm thinking of this like the graphics on the N64, how shit they'd be. Yeah. Where you're just taking pictures of like hummingbirds or whatever. It wouldn't have gone anywhere. This wouldn't have been. This would be a, a flop for mm. sure. Like it had to be Pokemon. And again, it falls in that sort of poker fever category of like, would this have worked without Pokemon? I don't know, but we don't have to question because it had Pokemon. Well, I mean, I, I believe I'm correct about this. It originally didn't start as a Pokemon game. They started off as a like what you just said, like a photography game and then they put pokemon over the top of it as a way of mm-hmm. almost being a selling point just uh, a skin like hey with one skin we can save this project yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, i wish they could do the same to my comedy career <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, well let's get into the basics a bit of this game so you start out you're todd snap pokemon photographer extraordinaire and i i could be wrong about this but i thought todd snap like in the anime there's the level about the paparazzi guy I'm pretty sure the character art is the same. He's, he's the same guy who's like taking pictures of Aerodactyl in yeah. the in the show. Yeah. Well, again, we we mentioned it in the previous episode. Like, like Pokemon has the opportunity to, and I don't think it has taken up the opportunity to incorporate more elements of the anime. And that's something that I think that Pokemon Snap's got got in its favor. It's got the actual p- Professor Oak in it from mm-hmm. the anime, along with the voice actor. Um, it is the same. Um, like even though it's a 3D version of it, um, it's the same model for uh, Todd from the anime. Yeah. Um, so there is, uh, I think that that's like a, an exciting element. And again, because I'd come into it like a little bit late, I was able, like even though Todd's only in it for like one, maybe two episodes, um, uh, he was still iconic enough to be able to be like, okay, so that's that's him from the from the anime from the show i wonder if it's just a case of like like the anime was such a juggernaut and video games weren't really like that big at the time i wonder if it was just like them having trouble matching it up to the schedules or whatever or the video game department being like hey can you put more todd snap into this show like we need to boost sales or whatever like it might just have been too tough to sort of you know calibrate those two things because i mean the anime was so fucking huge and like yeah. they, it was a money making machine yeah, well, I've read a uh, I've read a uh, interview with um, the inventor of it, um, who came up with it, Satoshi. I want to say Satoshi Hajiri, but I might be wrong there. Mm-hmm. And he said that basically the anime was the the point where he was like, okay, this is massive now. Right. Yeah. And because it's funny that anime starts with sort of the same video game uh, beginning of the of Nidoran versus the Gengar. Which is hilarious, because we all know Gengar would just fuck up Nidoran, like, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> or, so, or it might have been a Clefairy in the, in the anime. I don't know if they changed them. But anyway, it's like, yeah, in, in my mind, the, ga- the anime was always first. And then off the back of that, the games sort of reached success. But in reality, it was the games in Japan way earlier. And then they sort of built it all off that. And then by the time we get to games like Pokemon Snap, it's just like, they're like, throw Pokemon on anything and we'll just make money. Yeah. But also, on the flip side... Um, I mean, Pokemon Snap um, was like, I was so surprised that it took such a long time for them to come out with Pokemon Snap and then to come out with the sequel to it. Yeah. Um, 
which I want to say came out in like 2020, maybe? Uh, I, I believe 2021. I had it written down here 22 years later, April 30th, 2021. Yeah, because uh, that was... Um, so yeah, they, missed, they missed like so many gens where you could have done like a Pokemon Stadium and Snap for every single generation of Pokemon if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the one of the reasons why I ended up connecting with Kirsty, who I host the Talking Trubbish um, podcast with, is uh, we both got into Pokemon Snap around about the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So we would uh, we would like be going through it and like sending each other uh, our like pictures that we come up with on Pokemon Snap too. And that was like such like a bonding thing, and I think that that's probably part of the reason why we ended up um, ended up doing this podcast. Not that we didn't get on anyway, right. but the fact that we realised that we were both like very into Pokemon, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and had that as like a, a bonding experience between the pair of us. Um, but I've always felt like they have missed an opportunity too. Because Pokemon Snap 2, have you played Pokemon Snap 2? Uh, just the first couple levels. When I was on holiday, my sister let me use it. Because so. it's it's the same where it's it's on rails again. Mm-hmm. And, and I've I've always, even before Pokemon Snap 2 came out, I've always been like, it would make so much sense to do a, an open world, um, an open world one where you're just kind of going through through the grass and like finding whichever Pokemon. It's like Professor Oak messages. is like, I need... I need a pincer. So then it like highlights on your map where like a pincer might be. Then you could like, right, yeah. I don't know Maybe you there. have to lure it, lure it out with techniques or things like yeah. that. Because you're right. I, I mean, getting back into the basics here, Oak is sort of the. It's funny. He's got so much on the go in between like cal- like trying to find all the Pokemon. Now he's in photography and he's asking you to get pictures so he can do his research. He gives you the zero. Uh, the zero one, sorry. It's a purpose built vehicle and it stays on rails and just moves towards the exit at all times and i i like that as an on rails game like normally i hate the idea of on rails games just because they feel so sort of rigid but on this one it's like because of how they do it with the timing like you only have a few moments to get the good photograph with the right framing and everything so the on rails aspect sort of makes it more of a challenge and i think it really works for this kind of game yeah and particularly once you start going Towards those those harder ones to get. So like on the first level, there's a there's like a Lapras off in the in the distance. Yeah. And <clears throat> do you know how to get it closer? Because I completely oh. couldn't remember. So you take a picture of it when it's like at its furthest away, and then it will appear a little bit closer. Uh, and then you take another picture of it closer a little bit later on, then it will appear again even closer. Okay, I had no idea. So, but because it's like because it's blue and the sky is blue and the ocean's blue, it's very difficult to. Like, you wouldn't know it was there unless, you know, on your first go. Mm-hmm. Well, and so every time you go through a level, you get a maximum of 60 photos to take. And then once you choose the ones, you can only, let's let's say you take 10 pictures of a Lapras, you can only choose one of the 10 you've chosen to show Oak. Yeah. And then Oak will sort of critique your photos. And so if it's really far away, he's like, well, that, that looks like shit. We're not even going to rate this one, basically. <laughs> like, And then once he decides, like, it's okay to be rated, then he'll go through, like, the size, the pose it's making, and if it's in the center of the frame, you'll get double the points, essentially. Yeah. And so if it, if it doesn't get that initial sort of thumbs up, you're going to get less than 1,000 points on the picture. It's basically useless. Uh, but once you get the thing, they're usually over, like, 3,000 points, and it makes a whole thing a difference. Yeah. I mean, I uh, when I did my... Uh, when so I, I rebooted my uh, streaming channel, and I uh, because I had uh, had issues with my computer, and I was like, right, I'm gonna I think I've got all my computer issues sorted now. I'm gonna do a test run of it, and the test run that I did was uh, Pokemon Snap. Right. Um. So I got that up and running, and ha- Oak is a harsh judge. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like you could be like, yeah, that's pretty good. That, and he's like. No. Well, and he doesn't want an archive of photos. He's like, like if you take a photo that's better than the one before, he's like, all right, let's get rid of that last one. <laughs> like that, that shit now. <laughs> it, it is funny, man. And so as you collect more points, basically, like you'll end up running through each level a couple times because that's what the game like expect. That's yeah. how the game's designed. And either through the amount of Pokemon you discover. So like when you take a photo of the faraway Lapras, it's still useful because you're logging Lapras in as a Pokemon you've discovered, even if it gets you like no points. Uh, or through the amount of points you make of the total things. He'll give you more items. So the first one you get is such as like Pokemon food. 
and you can sort of lure them closer to the camera and then a lot of them when they eat the food they'll make special poses or whatever or you also get a pester ball which is like the opposite you can just fuck with them <laughs> it's always funny like sometimes the pokemon's just so innocently hanging out on his own and you'll come out of nowhere and just like chuck it <laughs> it's basically like throwing a rock at it and it'll like knock it out or whatever and then you're like look at the pose it makes when it's unconscious and <laughs> um, like Double points. It double points. That's sick. <laughs> that, that photo where he was having a nice time, that can get in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's three of them and they're all suffering. Perfect. Um, and then oh, and then the last item you get is the poker flute, which like wakes up sleeping ones, mm. which is perfect because in the first level, there's an obvious Snorlax sleeping behind a mound and you know, don't know how to wake him the fuck mm. up. I remember the first time I was playing, every time I got a new item, I just go through and like chuck him at Snorlax. <laughs> And then finally you get a poker flute and you're like, oh, okay, there it is. And he does this festive dance for you and gets gets huge points. Um, but what do you think of that format sort of of like, you, you know you'll have to go through the level a few times, but the items can sort of unlock new things in the level. Um, I think that that adds a lot of replayability to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things where I think the more that you get into the game, I mean, like I've played it for like 20 years now. Yeah. Um, so when I did that like test stream, I like I got the whole game done in in about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you're unlocking all this, I think there's a certain amount of excitement of being like, oh, like what you said, like what what's going to happen if I go back onto that beach level and start, you know, start playing the poker flute as that Pikachu gets on the gets on the surfboard. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's so there's so much variety in it. Um, I mean, one of the things that I would have personally liked to see with the with uh, the game is I think it should have given you an option to stop the car. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it does stop sometimes when the Pokemon's too close to you or whatever. Yeah. Like, and you can speed up, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, like, but I think that that's just an extension of my. I think it'd be nice if you could uh, explore the world a little bit, like rather than it just be you're on this track from start to the end mm-hmm. and you know the pokemon don't you know they do the same thing every single time you yeah. know that at a certain point a dojo is going to jump across you know that at a certain point um you know that at a certain point um um a magic is going to jump out mm-hmm. um and i think it'd be nice and whilst it's nice that you can change these things i think it'd be nice for there to be a tiny bit of variety yeah, totally. I, I do I do get what you mean there. Because it's like a lot of events you have to trigger through just careful timing and shit like yeah. that. And then if you don't get the timing right, it's like, well, you go through the gate and you just have to start over from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, well, what I used to do was if I got, if, if I was like, right, well, I've missed my opportunity to get a Rapidash or whatever, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'd be like, right, I'm, I'm just going to take all my pictures. Like, I'm just going to just spam A until I run out of film roll and it just takes you to the end. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. If I you... wish I did know that. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Look at that. We're uh, providing a service. Yeah, there you go. Well, hey, let's go through all the levels here. And, and much like uh, any other pod, I, I want, if I name one in your top three, for you to stop me and let me know what number of it is in your top three. Uh, so we've talked about it a bit. The beach, right off the top. That's my number two, to be honest, right um, off the bat. I feel like that would be my honourable mentions. Mm-hmm. It might be. If, let's get to the end, but at the minute, that's currently number four. I, I love a, I love a first level because it's trying to do as best it can to introduce you to what the game's going to be. And when Pidgey is the first Pokemon you see, I find it very fitting because it's also the first one you run into in the Game Boy games and things like that. It's always going to be a Pidgey first. Uh, like you said, there's Pikachu early on the beach and... And that is a great thing. It's like, so there's not 150 Pokemon in this game. I want to say there's like 63 or 64. 63, yeah. 63, nailed it. There we go. And yeah, it's one of those where I don't think a game would have worked with all 150 or they would have needed like three or four more levels. Mm. Um, But, you know, you get all the important ones and you sort of get them like, you get more personality out of them this way. Yeah. Well, they went into the ROM files and discovered that there was a... I think like an unused music track whether or not you could play it I don't know but it suggested it was something like Haunted Mansion so it it suggested a ghost level yeah but in generation one there's only three ghost types Mm -hmm. which I imagine was what what, uh, ended up getting that cut right and you can get Ghastly and Haunter in this game but you gotta like they don't look like Ghastly and Haunter they look like smoke balls that you gotta take pictures of 
Um, so yeah, the beach, uh, the, the funny thing at the end is these Pidgeys are attacking Meowth. And you can sort of, like, egg it on, basically, and get them to use their gust attack on him. <laughs> and again, Oak is like, this is great. Like, they <laughs> fucked him up. <laughs> you get, like, big bonus points for that. I, I love, and Meowth's, like, I love just because Meowth's a villain in the anime. You're like, this is fine, just to fuck this Meowth up with yes. balls or whatever. Um, so, yeah, the beach, I don't know. It's the memorable level that everyone who's even seen this game probably remembers seeing, yeah. you know. Uh, the next one is the tunnel, and it's got a totally different vibe, yeah. I think. Um, I think that that's probably the point where I like, like, was invested at that mm -hmm. point, because um, at that point there's like there's a lot going on. Yeah, you know, definitely. In there, and it's through an abandoned factory, which I love because the game, even the Game Boy games and the anime, they've always had this abandoned electrical factory or whatever that you end up going through, and with this one, that's when you really realize like oh, the things you're doing with your items actually affect the surroundings and you have to use eventually uh, explode an electrode near a rock path to unlock yeah. the next level. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the reasons why, why I like it. Because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you'll... If I'm right, you end up doing the beach level, you've got to take X amount of pictures of Pokemon and then that's what unlocks the, the factory level. Yes. <clears throat> and then after you've done that a couple of times, you'll get... Um, you'll get the the food and then at that point there you don't unlock anything until yeah. until you work out to throw a apple uh, uh, an electrode near near like a right at the very end yeah. too so and but oak will sort of give you a hint it'll be like i hear electrodes explode if you chuck shit at them and you're like <laughs> hey thanks somebody i'll keep that in mind you know <laughs> And it's funny, too, because you can also, like, electrodes, you'll be going right by them. So if you explode them and then take a picture as they're exploding, lots of bonus points, things like that. Um, so, yeah, I love this level. I think it's just got a lot of variety to yeah. it as well. So I think that that's probably my number two. Number two in there, yeah. I, I don't even have it in my three, but that's probably my honorable mention. Uh, the volcano is your third level. That's my number one, I think. Really? I think so. I, I love it. I mean, there's not a single non-fire Pokemon in this whole thing, but they have more than enough to sort of fill the cast out. I love the, like, the, there's a battle between all the Magmar and the Charmanders at one point, and you can sort of help one of them out by, like... Yeah. Well, it's this... Again, it's... I think at that point, you're like, okay, I've got it in my head that, that I can do things that change up. Mm-hmm. And... And that lava level just takes so many elements of it. So, like, you can make a Charmander and a, uh, evolve into a Charmeleon. You can also make a Charmeleon evolve into a Charizard. Which is the funniest, because he's just walking on the edge of a, like, fire pit. Yeah. And you, like, knock him in, and yeah. then he bursts out as a Charizard. Yeah. Uh, but the way that you make the Charmander evolve into the uh, Charmeleon is you have to get, I believe it's a magma and a Charmander, and you throw an apple in between them, and then they <laughs> oh, have yeah. a fight over it. It <laughs> burns the Charmander, it evolves, and then it, and then they have like a battle. And then so, it takes a magma, yeah. So it's cool to see stuff like that. Like that for me, I think is more cool than Pokemon Stadium, which we were saying in the previous uh, episode that it's that's just like a battle simulator. With a few bells and whistles, really. Totally. But this has got like elements that it's like, oh, this almost feels like you are seeing them in the natural habitat that you don't normally get to see. Completely, and like every different level is like a different biome for them. Although, although completely unethical. Like if David Attenborough ever like chucked food in between <laughs> animals, and then it's like, let's see what happens. <laughs> you would never see that, but it is hilarious that that's just sort of the aim of the game. And it's funny because in the last. Uh, level tunnel there's a Zapdos egg and you won't figure out how to do it till way later mm -hmm. and in this one there's a Moltres egg and I just like the idea that these legendary birds are like in these massive eggs yeah. that Pokemon are usually like uh, worshipping or like you know they're surrounding the egg and it's mm -hmm. a big deal and then when you get it there's only like a second to get the, the actual legendary bird before it just flies away yeah. well again that's another one of those things where it says you can't do anything to get the Zapdos egg to um, to hatch. I think, if I'm right, the way that you get the Zapdos to hatch is you lure a Pikachu over to it, mm -hmm. and then you um, and then you press the poker flute, which makes it start zapping it with electricity, and then it eventually like jumps up and then falls into a pit, and then it and then it uh, bursts out. And then it bursts out for but, only like a second though. You really got to be quick with it. Yeah, 
and but you won't get that until like way later on in in the game like you know all those set of circumstances um but it does such a good job of you being able to kind of go back and like experiment with with various different elements like the moment that you get anything new like no matter what level you're on um you know you get that poker flute it's like well why wouldn't I go back to the first level and see? see yeah, there's going to be something in every level that that new item sort of gives you. Yeah. Which I think is brilliant because it makes all the levels fresh again. Yeah. yeah. And even like you said, even if the poker flute's not waking something up in particular, it could make him do a dance or it'll just get a new special pose. Because whenever Oak sees like a special pose that you have to trigger, there's always like a bonus point thing yeah. going through it. Um, the next level here is the river. Um, again, I love this level. There's not really a level I don't like in this one. Um, so this one you're literally like I, I love the zero one machine you're riding becomes an all-purpose like machine mm -hmm. So at some points it's flying through the air at some points. It's just in the water. No problem yeah. And in this one you're just going down a river and again You're sort of just like fucking with Pokemon as they like are in their natural habitat But there's a bunch in here that are just like some good interactions. I found you can uh, That might be my number three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it might be my number three that one I love at the beginning there's slow pokes near the edge of the river and you can lure one to the edge, and then a shelter will clamp yeah. onto it. And that, of course, is how it evolves into yeah. a slow bro. So you can actually witness the miracle right in front of your eyes. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's one of those things that, that I feel like the the Pokemon company has not really done since. Like, like why? Like, we've got much better technology now. Mm -hmm. Why can't we, like, in Pokemon Violet, why can't... So I went onto, like, a beach... And it's like all the Pokemon come come at you and like want to battle you. Right. But it's like why aren't those Pokemon just battling each other? Like why can't mm -hmm. I see a slowpoke on the edge of the water and then get hit by a shelter like like what it just did in Pokemon Snap? That's totally true. Like in this this game feels like these Pokemon will be living this life regardless of you were there or not. Yeah. You're you're watching them in their habitat. Where in most games it's like they they were just like lifeless sprites until you walked into frame. And then they sort of come around you. I agree. I this this game it does a good job of like breathing life into the actual Pokemon themselves. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of that is probably because um, it didn't start off as a Pokemon game. So I imagine it it kind of started off as a this is what's happening in life, and then you come and like mess it up. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you know, I think it's a way of thinking that that the Pokemon company doesn't particularly want for people to like approach the games with. Mm -hmm. But actually, I think that there's such a big there's such a big appetite for that. It's like, why haven't you done it? Yeah, I guess there is sort of that, like, uh, there's that tough thing where if these were looked at too much as real animals, well, then you are making them fight, and that's probably, like, a bad look. It's sort of like, how is this different from, like, cock fights or dog fighting or whatever? Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, it's a game, so that's how it's different, you know? <laughs> it isn't real. So uh, I do like the, the realism this game sort of provides for it. And right near the end, so there's this weird triangle, like, colored as the wall that you can sort of see built into the wall. And you, I, I totally forgot how to do this, so I played this level over and over, and I had to Google it. And you end up throwing a pester, pester ball, ball at the wall, and a Porygon jumps out, like, fully camouflaged, okay. and lands on just a magic red button that happens to be there. And it opens up the gate to the next level. Yeah. Um, and then Oak's like, oh, hello, uh, you again. <laughs> yeah, fancy seeing you here. It's like, why didn't you tell me about this, Oak? I'm working for you. Uh, the cave is your next level. That's This is my number one level, just oh, right really? off the bat. I love the cave. I don't know why. Um, I just think it's like all my favorite type of Pokemon are here. Uh, there's a lot of like funny narratives going on with it. Like So for one, as you you float down into the cave, like I said, your machine is now a flying machine for whatever reason. And three separate times you can see Jigglypuff being chased by coughings. And they're just like crying, getting like gassed. And if you save the all three Jigglypuffs, you can see them do a concert at the end just for you. Yeah, and again, that's the that's the uh, that's the anime voice clip that they use for that, mm -hmm. which uh, which I think people immediately get like quite excited about. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of kind of hidden stuff going on in this one. There's there's Bulbasaur that look like Bulbasaur, but they've got the Ditto face. Yeah, that's another anime. anime thing. Yeah, where it's if you remember the anime episode, did there was a Ditto they found, but it couldn't successfully transform into Pokemon. It always had the dot eyes and like the basic mouth. So you see weird Bulbasaurs like that, and then you hit them with the Pester Ball, and they turn into Dittos. Mm. Um, there's the 
there's grimers just hanging out at the side of the thing, and you have to just smoke them with pester balls until eventually they become a muck, mm. which I've always thought muck is one of the funniest Pokemon ever, just because <laughs> it's like a pile of sludge <laughs> for uh. the mouth. And also the Articuno egg is in this, and it's being just like worshipped by these two Jinxes. Yeah. Which again, Jinx is also such a weird Pokemon. Yeah, it's just... Should, right, we'll just uh, submit in a wig and a dress. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's just, I, like I said, this game has tons of uh, just personality to it. This is also the first one I remember seeing. It, you'll see these, like, stars or crystals in one of the dark parts of the cave. If you take a picture of it, it just says, like, a question mark. Mm. You find that these are come to be called Pokemon signs, and every level has one where it's like a landmass or a piece of the environment that looks like a giant Pokemon. Mm. And you need oh, one of those from every level to unlock the secret level at the end, which Oak will explain to you. What do you think about that? Did that sort of vibe with you, or were you sort of like... Um, so, I've, I mean, I seem to recall that I think, like yourself, that was the first one of those that I, that I noticed. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think that if you don't take the picture of the, the Mewtwo one, uh, one comes up later on uh, in the next level. Which, in my opinion, is the lamest one. It's pretty unavoidable to watch, oh, yeah. So rubbish. But we'll get into it. It's, the next level is the valley. And as a level, this is my third favorite. So I've got the beach number two, cave number one, yeah. valley number three. This is possibly my number three as well. I, I really like this one where you are just going down. It's, again, a river, but a way faster one. Um, but the second you start the game, you can just look at the mountains and they're a Doug Trio. <laughs> so lame. <laughs> so lame. You just hate it, huh? <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, like so the other ones, I, I mean, are we going to go into this as like a main? Like, uh, I, I forget what the other signs are right. on a lot of them. So uh, there's a pincer in the factory level. Right, yeah, you have to turn on the like this big machine that shines a light on the wall. Yeah, so there's like a bunch of uh, detritus and there's a, there's a torch... Mm -hmm. That um, if you get the Electabuzz to go over to the generator, um, because this Pokemon signs mm -hmm. um, becomes like one of your final missions, like what you said, uh, where it's like go back through and find all the Pokemon signs. Yeah, and and you wouldn't be able to do this until towards the end anyway. That yeah, you get them to come over with with the with the apples, and then you um, and then you get the poker flute on, so they start. Uh, electrocuting the generators and then later on like so I don't yeah you're right you do that in one room and then way later near the end yeah. you and see then, what it's turned on yeah so then yeah and then it becomes a shadow art on the wall mm -hmm. um, there's a Kingler one that took me ages which is uh, it's like in my opinion it's the one that least looks like a Pokemon, it's just a bunch of rocks. It's all the angle, though. Like, if it, it's like if you're looking at it from one place, it just looks like three rocks in a row, but from one angle, you can sort of see the, like, Kingler. Yeah. But you're right, it is sort of the least accurate of yeah. all of them. It's almost like the opposite of the Dugtrio Mountains, in that that one's so obvious that it's so lame. Yeah. And this one's, like, so obscure that it's like, that was a stretch. <laughs> yeah, totally. You remember the volcano one? I can't. Uh, the volcano one is you throw pester balls into a volcano opening near the beginning. Oh. And it, the smoke looks like a coffin. Right. I think that's one sort of lame as well, to be honest. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> again, it it's like, it's not quite, it's, you know, it's it's not quite, uh, it's like, much like the Kingler one, it's not quite a, like, you've got a squint to see it. And if yeah. you've got a squint to see it, then you probably didn't do a good enough job of designing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you didn't have, like, a Nintendo Power magazine or, like, you know, the internet, this, these would be motherfuckers to yeah. find some of these signs. Like, I mean, the Mewtwo one, which is where you, like, which is in the uh, cave, mm -hmm. and it's just, like, a bunch of, like, glowing rocks, and you take a picture of it, and it comes up as the, the, the question mark. And then once you've taken a picture of it, it's like... It's like, oh, once you've taken a picture of it, it looks like a Pokemon on camera. Yeah. Like, I'd have bought that far more for, like, this this <laughs> plume of cloud, when you take a picture of it, it looks like a coffin. Versus, yeah, even when you took a picture of it, it still looks kind of blurry. Yeah, it looks like the ghost from uh, Lavender Town in the tower. It's sort of, it's like more of a happy, smiling face. Um, but I will say, going through the valley quick, I mean, there's a, to there's a ton of, like, great just... 
interactions you can have. Yeah. Uh, there's the magic carp. You have to sort of continually knock him down the river, and yeah. he'll come out on the shore. You got to knock him back in, and if you do it, I think three times, he'll he'll become a Gyarados in the water. Yeah, that was the one that I found the most difficult. Yeah, me too. And but it was also one of the most impressive looking ones because Gyarados, of course, yeah. is a cool looking Pokemon. Yeah, and I'll, there's also a Dratini that you've got to make go into a whirlpool, mm-hmm. and that's the timing on that's very difficult. Yeah, uh, to make a Dragonite. Yeah, so that's. Uh, and there's there's a few where it's like, uh, if you knock down a Graveler at the right moment, a Sand Slash will burst out of the ground, and like, there's yeah. just a lot of cool Pokemon in this. It's a. Uh, and then the funny one is you're knocking down these Mankeys the whole way. Uh, there's just like there you'll see them sort of celebrating on a ridge and you're meant to like smoke them with pester balls and then there's one where he's on top of this mountain really far away and you have to get the squirtle right in line with him hit the squirtle with a pester ball and he'll fly up and knock the manky down yeah that's the only way to unlock what you think is going to be a new level and then as the gates open you just fly into this sort of riverbed and there's like a cabin and Oak's like, hey, you found my secret cabin. Like, well, way to go, but I need these these Pokemon before I can tell you what to do next. And that is essentially the end of the game. If you weren't a completionist or whatever, you can sort of put your hands up here. All right, that was Pokemon Snap. That's a game. Uh, unless you want to keep doing tasks for Oak and get, get the amount of Pokemon he wants and the amount of points. Uh, so that does... I'll, I'll just wrap it up now then. The Rainbow Cloud is the actual final level. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. To me, this level could have been, like, maybe just a, the land of rare Pokemon, or they yeah. could have actually, like, fletched it out into, like, this cool thing. Yeah. And instead, it's just like this. It looks like Rainbow Road, sort of, from Mario Kart, yeah. with just clouds underneath you. And you just have to... Oh, you have a Mew in front of you, but he's got a force field around him that oh, protects from pictures for some fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what he's worried about, is his camera shot. And you have to break the shield with pester balls yeah. and then eventually get your photo. Yeah, and then and even when he comes out of the shield, the the picture's not very good anyway because he's normally flying away from, from the camera. Yeah, it's a pretty anticlimactic last, last level, i got to say, when I think they could have done a lot more here. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I mean... Like I know that they used up the legendaries in the levels, but there's, you know, it didn't you say it came out in 2000? To 1999. Well, 2000 in Europe, yeah. Right. I know, like we know from the anime, they already had second gen Pokemon mm-hmm. like designed. In fact, I believe they cut 40 for yeah. the first generation. They were going to do 190 originally. Um, why couldn't they have stuck a Ho Oh in there? Like yeah. what they had in the anime. Why couldn't they? You know, and you just take a picture of it. And it's like, oh, this no Pokemon. It's really cool, but we we can't log it. Well, and there's a bunch of like Pokemon. They're not necessarily legendary, but they're like big bad motherfuckers that you only really see from like the Elite Fours repertoire or whatever. Like, why couldn't this be like the big heavy level where like you do see Mewtwo if you if you play your cards right, and then there is a chance to see a Mew or whatever. Yeah. I don't Dragonite. know. They could. They could have. Yeah, they could have yeah. added like twenty more Pokemon in this and made like a real badass final level. Uh, instead, it just sort of is like, a, well, I guess I'll do this to complete the game, but then I'm not going to redo this for fun or anything. Like it's the bottom level of all the levels I just named. Yeah. As far as like you know, cool factor. Yeah, and like for that to be your final level, because I I would class that in. I'd probably class that as my probably bottom level as well. Mm-hmm. And for that to be your final level. Like, it must have been rushed. Yeah, definitely. Well, it feels like it's like at the end of Mario 64 when the prize is you get 100, you get 100 lives. But it's like, well, why would I need that when I've beaten the game? It sort of just, like, felt thought of afterwards. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a misstep in what was, like, a pretty cool game up to that point. Yeah. And then after that, Oak's like, well, you're great. Uh, that was awesome. Thanks. Uh, and if you want to get all the Pokemon, he'll tell you how many you were missing. So, like I said, there's 63, so let's say you have 58. It'll be like five more until you got them all. And then I did that. The first time I ever played on N64, I got every single Pokemon just because I was really into the game. And I remember thinking in that moment, like, well, I guess I'll never play this game again because I just fully beat it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the Switch where I was like, all right, we're doing a podcast. I'll play it again. (laughs) Get the memory jogging. And how did you find it on the replay? I thought it was great. I, I really, like, there was shit I forgot. There was stuff I... They really layer it well, so the get the levels don't feel repetitive, even though it's like the third or fourth time you're doing it. Yeah, because I've had that happen with with a game, and I've never re- I've never returned to it. Um, so I was curious as to how it was for you. I don't know if you've 
have you done Red Dead Redemption on this? I'm assuming you have. Just the second one. No, no never the first. Um, have you played Red Dead Redemption? Not the first one, just the second one. Really? I want to play the first um, one, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I can't I can't tell the sanity though because it will ruin it for you. All right, well, hey, save that for when I play it and then I'll have you back for that game. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, but yeah, like, after Red Dead Redemption 1, I never replayed it. Right. Because I was like, I was like, I don't feel the need to go back now. Mm-hmm. And so I've never had that with a game. I don't think where I've been like, right, this is done and I need never return. I do that now with the podcast. Once I've beaten it and done the podcast, I'm like, okay, now it's behind me forever. Really? Yeah. Unless I like, I don't know, if I really love it or whatever. But I've always got a new game I'd rather play. Like, there's so many games I haven't played yet that I'd love to try that I'm like, why would I replay, like, Chrono Trigger or whatever? Well, because I love it. But moving on into the graphics and the music of this game, uh, it was the same thing as Pokemon Stadium for me. The funny HAL graphics of, like, the blocky, chunky Pokemon are really funny. A lot of the sizes aren't what you'd expect for Pokemon. Like, when you see Psyduck, he's, like, fucking massive. I'm like, (laughs) they're meant to be, like, tiny in the anime or whatever, but... Yeah. In, in the river, they're huge. So I think a lot of, like, scale... Or Bulbasaur. It's like Bulbasaur's not that big. Yeah. But they've got a lot of scaling issues. Well, the I mean, the Charizard that, that's in the uh, volcano level, like, takes up, like, an entire lava pit. Yeah, he's massive. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, it's like, no matter... There's no way that Oak is ever going to be happy with that picture. Because he's always like, oh, you're a bit close. And it's like, well, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, Oak? <laughs> well, Andy's, like, a good three times bigger than the Snorlax from, like, the first level. So yeah, I do think I don't know if it's just like maybe because they they like you said they'd taken it from a different game already, but I'm like these clearly weren't Pokemon like experts if they didn't have the sizes down right. Well, uh, I mean, I get the feeling that most of their interaction, like whoever came up with this game, must have watched the anime because it feels much more anime inspired than a lot of the other Pokemon games totally. from around that time or even since really. Yeah, totally, I agree. Um, and yeah, like you said with the Professor Oak and all the sort of like sound cues I'd never even thought of that but yeah it does seem like that's where they were taking their cues and the music suits each level I mean you're not going to really remember many of the songs maybe outside of the valley which I, I like that song a lot um, but yeah none of them really stand out but they're not bad the polka flute always sounds good and it's yeah. funny to watch the Pokemon actually dance to it <laughs> uh, but outside of that you know none of the music really stood out and the graphics like I said nothing special but passable in my opinion uh, did you think it looked like spectacular in the the new new version? Um, in do you mean Pokemon Snap Two? Yeah, um, it it is a lot. It is a lot nicer. Yeah, than Pokemon Snap Two. There's a really nice level uh, that's like um, it's like a forest. It's maybe about five levels in, and it's like um, you go there at night, and it's one of those type of forests that's got like like glowworms and. Uh, and like you know, uh, illuminescent trees and stuff like that. So as you're going through, it's like it's all it's all like pinks and yellows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you go through the front flower field at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I played. It's. And you probably couldn't have done that on the Nintendo sixty four. No, definitely not. I think the Nintendo sixty four, like they they played the hand that was dealt to them at the time. The graphic limitations were what they were, but they made all the environments look really cool. They they managed it. If you're gonna pick sixty three Pokemon, they pick a lot of the cooler looking ones yeah. you know uh, so I think they sort of nailed that aspect and you know it was what it was no one's expecting like great graphics out of a 1999 release yeah um, I mean like what we said before the only thing is like they could have stuck more more Pokemon in it like it's, I don't know what the what the ROM file is for it but yeah, I'd be very surprised if that took up the entire game cartridge. Well, the fact that this came out the same year as Pokemon Stadium, it really, like, this game should have been a cash grab, and yeah. it wasn't. Right. That's why I think, like, if I go into the legacy factor, for me, this game completely over-delivered from what it should have been. But it was also, like, it was a cash grab. Like, this was the height of Pokemon. They were trying to, like, just put out shit that people were going to buy. Yeah. Right. And, and and this this one, not unlike Stadium, it didn't have the Game Boy game to sort of lean on as, like, support. This was, that stood as its own game. Yeah. And it sort of overachieved, I think. I mean, my, like, us just chatting about it, like, it makes me go, like, it's, like, they so could have just done, I mean, they've, like, each level's basically themed, isn't it? Around, yeah. Around, like, a different Pokemon type. Like, how hard would it have been to have stuck an Eevee in the lava level 
you just knock the Eevee in the lava and it turns into a Flareon. Definitely. And then on the beach level, you do the same thing and it turns into a Vaporeon. Mm-hmm. And in the factory, you like get Pikachu to shock it and it turns into a Jolteon. Or even the man- the Haunted Mansion you were talking about it doesn't have to be ghosts. There's no real psychic representation here. Mm-hmm. You could have had that for your Alakazams, your Abras, like a mirror, uh, like a mirror hall level or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is a lot more they could have done. It felt like they left a lot on the table. It sort of got the same like if it was a vibe as an Obsidian game where it could have been 50% bigger, but then the time to print it came, so they were like, all right, this is what we have. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know, it's weird when the second came out, I didn't feel this big clamoring for it, but then it also felt like like pretty deserved at the same time off the success of this game. The only thing is, to me, this is like a perfect example of a game that should be like 20, 25 pounds uh, on the Switch thing, because I don't think you're going to get like a full AAA game yeah. and to charge 50 or 60 pounds when I know that price is never going down. It's sort of like, well, fuck, just give me the game for 20 pounds. True. I mean, well, I mean, I remember reading an interview with one of the people high up at Pokemon. Not not like the guy who came up with it, but like somebody who's like high up. And I seem to recall them saying that apparently a Pokemon Snap remake was like their number one most asked for game. Really? Yeah, apparently so. Oh, that's surprising. Well, hey, that's even more power to you than Pokemon Snap. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a good place to put a pin in this one. Uh, that brings an end to Pokemon March. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Tom, anything else you want to get out there? I mean, um, for a second round of plugs. <laughs> so my uh, my uh, Pokemon podcast is called Talking Trubbish, um, which is um, which is available on all major um, podcast platforms. Uh, it's also on YouTube, and we uh, we stream it out on Twitch. Uh, my my online brand is called Hotstorm Productions. Um, so if you either f- Google Talking Trubbish, there's like a link tree with all the various things. But also if you go into Hotstorm Productions, which is where we initially do the do the do the live podcast record. If you uh, have a look on there, you can also get all the information and also the information for all the Hotstorm Production content that I stuck out there, which isn't always just Pokemon related. Video game stuff though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of Sonic stuff on there. Uh, in fact, I actually started out bef- way before I started doing stand up, like making like video game skits. Oh, nice. So it's always been connected in some way. Yeah, fair. And Sonic could have totally been a Pokemon in a different universe if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Like they could add him in. Uh, Yoshi. They could yeah. add them in. Yeah, definitely. But <laughs> Birdo. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you besmirch Birdo's name? No, uh, I I thank you for doing this, man. A great couple episodes. Uh, As for me, as always, I I am Jordan Ducharme, at FunnyJordanD on Instagram, at uh, GOILPod on Twitter. If you want to follow me on YouTube, that's what these episodes are for, so I'll be putting them up on there, as well as the Let's Play I'm doing, probably still in the disco releasing at this point, but winding down. So yeah, thanks for following. Tell all your friends, and we'll see you in a couple weeks.